You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Neil Potter. Hey Four topics, 15 minutes each. We're just killing time. Kill it with us. Our Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is the number 4C Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen to us on the Laugh Button Network, thelaughbutton.com. Today's guest is a veteran of the comedy scene who is originally from Lafayette Hills, Pennsylvania, which is the suburbs of Philadelphia. He's worked all over the country and he's worked with a ton of people and he's made a ton of appearances on television shows like Caroline's Comedy Hour, Premium Blend, and of course, The Late Show with David Letterman. I can't wait to ask him how he got to panel. It is Tom Ryan. All right. What a nice intro, Lenny. You like that? <laughs> Hello, Neil. That was pretty good. Was good. Lenny pretty, does the best intros. I do do good intros. It really is. Um, so you're from, originally we talked about this a little bit. You're originally from yeah. the Philly area. And then, yeah. and I, I after all my research, I'm going to cut to like, did you go to college in Philly? I did. Drexel University. Oh, that's a good university, no? Yeah. I was a, uh, a business major, majoring in finance, marketing. Things like that started out in engineering, and then I got done in. I realized I don't like, I didn't like physics, all that stuff. I just go, I'm not into this. So I switched over to the business college and then went through there. Great major, and by yet, the way, finance marketing. That was my major. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, I've always, I always tell people to help me throughout my career manage my debt. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, oh man, that's beautiful. That's, that's two things exactly like me. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, <laughs> it's a great life. I'm good at it. Um, <laughs> so you're in that. You left that and got you left. You left Drexel, and then your your first job is like insurance, right? Yes, that's right. I, I so I grew up in a suburb, Lafayette Hill, PA, about three quarters of a mile outside of the city limits. Went to Drexel, uh, majored in finance marketing. Got into the, I was an auditor for Cigna Insurance Company back when they weren't weren't a healthcare company. They were into like uh, auto and housing, you know, right? Property casualty, as they called it. Auditing didn't really care for it. Uh, Wait, a friend did of you mine, have to go to people's houses? Like, you know, somebody would have an accident, and you're the guy who shows up at the house, like all the commercials. No, what I did was I was an auditor of the claims office. So let's say the Long Island claims office, which was one that we did. They, they have a branch in Long Island. Now the people there are out handling the claims, auto insurance or a a broken roof from a falling uh, asteroid or something. Right. And we would audit the files in the claims office. So I audited intern. I was internal auditor. Oh my God. And it was just, Oh, it was brutal because <laughs> not only that, but when you showed up, the people you're showing up to audit 
they don't want you there. And it made me realize <laughs> I don't like a job where they don't want to see me. And I, I realized that early on and I thought, I have to get out of this. Are you sure stand-up's not a, a lot different than that? <laughs> yeah, I, that's true. I've been there where they don't want to see me. How do you well, get that job? True. Do you get yeah. that job right out of college? Well, uh, Drexel had a, pro, a co-op program oh to God. where um, you would go to school for six months out of the year and then they would find you a job in your major so you, you build a little bit of a resume, and my final co-op job was with Cigna uh, in that department. And I graduated in 82, and it was a lousy year for a graduate, so there was nothing else available. They said, I'll just stay on here, and they offered me a job. They said, I'll take it until something better comes along. So you're there for and There, um, there were moments I enjoyed it. Uh, about a, a two and a half years, I switched over to their computer department. I was liking that a little more. And then an old friend of mine from Drexel, he got a job in Florida working for a golf course designer. And he said, this is a new company uh, or, uh, you know, they're expanding. Do you want to come down here and, and, <laughs> and, and work an in the golf business? They need an insurance auditor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was the Fazios. The Fazios. Oh, owned wow. Some, yeah, they'd make the yeah. golf courses. Oh, Holy wow. Shit. Yeah, Jupiter Hills. He designed Jupiter Hills. And I, I got... I got interviewed by George Fazio, who was the founder of that whole organization. Oh wow! And then, and he was he was real sick at the time, but he hired me. Uh, and I had no experience, so I'm suddenly general manager of this brand new country club, and I think, well, I'll learn on the job. And, and they sold the the club about a month later. Oh, they sure. were they. <laughs> They were in over their heads, I think, in terms of they didn't want to own golf courses. They just wanted to design them. They brought me in. I had no idea what I was doing. And on day one, and I quit my job and moved to Florida. On day one, I'm looking through the books, and the phone is ringing off the hook of people saying, hey, you never paid us that bill. And I'm realizing, I don't think I'm going to have a job much longer. So <laughs> I'm kind of high and dry make, in Florida. You're, make, you're making sketches of, like, windmills in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes. And, uh, yeah, so, um, I was high and dry. I only knew my friend down there and I had a cousin that I knew down there. I didn't know anybody in Florida. And then somebody told me, well, I decided I'll stay in Florida for a year mm -hmm. and just enjoy the weather. And so I'm looking around for a job and somebody told me, move to West Palm beach. This was about an hour South of where I had landed Fort Pierce, Florida. Move to West Palm. There's jobs down there. I go down there. I'm looking for uh, jobs, and I see a little blurb that a new comedy club is opening in West Palm, and they're hiring. And I remember my heart started pounding going, you got to call these people, because it was something in the back of my mind that I wanted to do. I went in. I, they had no jobs left except for doorman, and I said, <laughs> I'll take it. And I had my insurance resume. I was wearing a suit. And the woman who hired me is looking at me going, what do you want this job for? I go, well, I'm kind of a fan of comedy. I didn't want to admit that I wanted to do comedy someday. Wow. And that's how I started. Doorman, $4 an hour. And this is what year? 83, 84? 86. 86. Yeah, oh, this... 86. And you said you saw, wait, you saw everybody walk in there. Seinfeld, Bill Hicks. It turned into oh, a big club, that club, it, West Palm. It, it was the club. The, uh, the owner of that club was also a uh, concert promoter, a very big concert promoter out of Florida, and he went national, and he wanted to get into the comedy business. So it was a 
great club from day one. And yeah, I mean, I saw everybody come through there. No, and uh, comedy does everybody, yeah. everybody back home in Philly, every think you've gone crazy at this point. Yeah, a little bit. Like, are you you're not doing telling what? <laughs> I, I, I confided in a few people, and they're just going, oh, what, what? You know, a lot of people thought I was crazy for leaving Philadelphia and going into the golf business, <laughs> which was partially true. And uh, yeah, so I got some of that, and then. Um, I remember that. Oh, and on the opening night of the comedy club, I'm there. I literally open the door for the first customers to come in. And there's a news crew covering it for the 11 o'clock local news. And the anchor woman at the time was the valedictorian of my high school. <laughs> She's looking in with a camera crew. And I go, hey, Denise, you were, I, oh, hey, how you doing? What are, what are you doing? Well, I'm the anchor of the 11 o'clock news. How about you? <laughs> doorman. I'm the doorman at $4 an hour. So, yeah, we were, that was, it was like a, a, the perfect kind of like, this is where your life is oh, right no. now. Oh, but I was happy. I was yeah, happy yeah. to have my foot in the door of this new world that I kind of wanted to get into, but was too intimidated, in a sense, to investigate. So and now I feel like I can investigate this world now. Yeah, okay. how, long before yeah you, how, long? how long before you do your first set there? Yeah. So they don't have an open mic night or anything like that. Shit. I had gone out. A local radio station had been doing uh, open mic nights, amateur night competitions. And I went to one of those just to see who was. And uh, Greg Schwem, a good friend, who's still to this day a good friend, he was on it, a guy named Todd Vidham, and a guy named Dan Whitney, who <laughs> later became Larry the Cable Guy. So I, I saw them there, and I thought, wow, these guys are doing that thing that I want to do, you know. Right. And they were all maybe six months into the comedy world. Oh, wow. And I got to talk to them afterwards, and I was so just, this is what I wanted to do, get to know this world. And then suddenly those guys start coming by to this new comedy club, and I'm like, hey, I know you guys from the, so, yeah, you strike up friendships. And, and, uh, and that's, uh, so then I had been jotting ideas down about two or three months after I became the doorman. I'm starting to absorb information. I went down to Miami and did my first open mic at a place called the Comedy Womb, W-O-O-M. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, I managed to talk the Comedy Corner into starting an open mic night, which they did, and it went very well from day one. Oh, that's great. I mean, we used it... to se we used to sell out our open mic nights, 300 people on Ooh. Tuesday nights. Wow. So this we're like three eight. months into comedy and we're experiencing these monstrous crowds. It was wild. Yeah, that's what they said. They said that West Palm Beach Club was the club for a long time, right? It, it really was. I mean, early on, I'm there as the doorman and these people I'd been seeing on TV are coming through Seinfeld, Dennis Miller. Uh, you know, Larry Miller, Dennis Wolfberg, and on and on and on. They even had, uh, oh, man. I'm still waiting for Pablo Escobar, and, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And uh, it's funny, you know, who, who later on used to go to that club after I had, um, well, late 90s is, is uh, Trump and Jeffrey Epstein used to go to that club. Wow. I, I, I was never there when they were there, as far as I know. But... Uh, <laughs> The whole—I'm sure there's a million stories about that oh, as well. Wow. Wait, did you yeah. um, 
so who was your favorite when you went when you would watch comedy? Did you be when would you did you know that these guys were like, wow, this guy's going to be something. This guy's going to be something. Or they well, were just on the circuit and blowing up. Seinfeld and Dennis Miller were already big. Some of the most exciting people were the word of mouth type acts where people said, you got to see this guy. They'd look at the schedule and say, this guy's coming in next week. And a name that kept popping up. Well, Kevin Meany. Right. 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 Kev, Ke, uh, Ken Rogerson, who was great out of Boston. Just I thought this guy's incredible. He goes, oh, if you like me, you got to see Kevin Meany. My good friend's coming in in two weeks. Then Ron Schock came through, yeah, he's and he kept telling me, he goes, you got to see a guy named Bill Hicks. All <laughs> week he was saying that. Yeah. So I remember telling the booker, hey, look up that guy, Bill Hicks, and they got him. And I, I feel partially responsible for getting him at that club. And he ended up loving that club. Mm. And people like Richard Jenny were coming through and just blowing the roof off, you know. <laughs> yeah. So And and. It was it was just such a perfect place to to have started. I got really lucky in that regard. So how do you get from there, real quick? How do you get from there? Because I'm running out of time in the segment, and I got sure. to cover with you. How do you get from there to New York when I meet you? And in like, got to be like '98. It's like almost 10, 10, 12 years later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just my feeling was work the road, and things will take care of themselves. Started getting a little bit of cable TV appearances. Worked the road. And then in 2000, I moved to L.A. from Florida. Mm -hmm. And then in 2006, I moved to New York. But I knew you from the road. I was still living in Florida at the time. We worked together in Princeton yeah. at the Country Rising Star. Yeah. So, that was, that so like just gradually worked my way through the circuit. And I just thought, just keep doing the clubs. The rest of it takes care of itself. And that's what I did. And when did you, let, you know? do Letterman? After I saw you? Yes. And 2000, I did Letterman. Was it uh, common 2000 that, and 2002. Was it common that people paneled? I mean, because it was like, nobody sits For, down with Letterman. No, that's right. It was 2001 and 2002. Here's what, I guess they ran a little bit short. Okay. And they had told me, Eddie Brill had said, hey, prepare some time in case you get called over. But don't worry, you're not going to get called over. <laughs> okay. So... The set went really well, yep. and they come over to me. I'm sitting on the couch, you know, the chair, and Eddie comes over and goes, we got to do some time. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about what we thought we would talk about if we needed the time, and I ended up maybe doing 45 seconds to a minute, and that went well. Yeah, I and saw it's, it. It's, it's great. Yeah. I mean, you have this joke about fun, the— It's fun, man. You have a joke about the Morton yeah. Salt Company, and, that, and then you played—he asked you about the Morton Salt Company, and you had, like, sort of a he, tag for it. I had a couple tags in the chamber that that made it look conversational, yeah. and it ends with him laughing. Yeah, and it was the it was the final uh, the final show of two thousand one. In fact, it, it was uh, aired de yeah December twenty first, just as they were going to the to the break. That's amazing for the year. So I felt like oh, I got the final laugh of the year. I want to tell Neil this quick story before we get out of this segment, and I'm, unfortunately, I'm not going to get to everything. The Princeton no catch story is real quick. Um, this is a long story, which I'm going to do in about 10 seconds. I'm uh -huh. opening for Tom Ryan and a guy named Phil Tagliaferri. He wasn't Phil yep. Tag then. He was still Phil Tagliaferri. And right. I never met either one of them. It's like my first time doing I'm living in North Brunswick, so I'm close. I'm like, I don't know, 25 minutes away from Princeton. And I remember driving to the gig. And then, of course, Saturday night comes and it's three shows. And the whole week is just... 
It's not a great club at this point. It was a great club, but then right. it's, now it's, it's, it's turned and it's not a great club. But Phil's killing all week, and I'm doing okay. You're having a tough week, and I'm open, and it's fine. But yeah. it's fine. I'm learning a lot, you know, from you guys. Yeah. You can see how everybody's. Pro- I'm learning how to be a pro, especially from you. I'm like, God, this guy, just boom, banging out the jokes for his half hour, uh-huh. and uh-huh. and then of course Saturday night the middle show. They had three shows. The middle show is the packed one, and of course the owner or whoever the big booker comes. Everybody comes to that show to see it. And there's, uh-huh. a, there's like a bachelor party. And then, of course, um, somebody says something. Oh. I'm killing him. And I mean, and I go, I, I only have to be there for like 10 minutes. So I don't bail. I'm there for like 10, 12. But I was like, please, you know, pay attention. You know, because I know you're a quiet act. And these guys were rowdy. Yeah. And I try to calm yeah. down as best as I could. And then they went up and just, just made your life hell. <laughs> <laughs> for half an hour i was that's, so mad because you were the great. nicest person i've ever oh, met man. to that point that's, in comedy that's funny and uh-huh. they were so mean they were so mean that i was like oh. i went back up i go i'm pacing in the back and i'm like somebody go do something i'm telling the, the yeah. people on it but nobody would help you right and you very gracefully you actually have to stop your act to and give this big speech how assholes in life always win which was kind of cool. That's funny. And then, and then, and then as, why do assholes always win? It was this great thing. Then I am so worked up mad. And Neil will tell you, when I get mad, get out of the way. Like, I am uh-huh. so mad. I go back up there and I ream these guys. I mean, absolutely ream <laughs> these guys for five minutes to the point where I am killing them with the mic from the stage. And great. The next thing you know, they had told me while you were up there, we called the police, right? Oh and my so, God. yeah, they called the police. That's how rowdy it got. And yeah. I am killing these guys. I call one guy like a midget. It was crazy. Uh-huh. Then the, as I'm on stage closing, I see, or in this middle part of the thing, I see the New Jersey State Police, like 10 guys come in and remove like 30 guys <laughs> out the wow. door as I'm murdering them, right? And the crowd's That's... like, get out, right? This whole thing. And then one guy stops, like the father of the groom stops and he goes, we didn't cause this riot. You caused this riot. Looks at me. And I'm like, get the fuck out, old man. Right? That's and great. That's it. And the place goes nuts, right? Now there's a big empty table. I'm like, all right, here's Phil Tag, you know? And that's- I just my big line was, anybody want to move up to the front? Right? And, <laughs> and then Phil Tag was livid at me at the end because he murdered all week. I mean, 10, 10, yeah. 10, he killed all week, except for that show. He had about wow. a six because the crowd was so emotionally done from that little yeah. event that he did okay. And he was mad. He should, he looks at me, he goes, you should have let me handle it. I'm like, I took every bullet for you. What are you talking <laughs> of course. about? Should have let me of handle course. it. Holy Christ. Like you now, can at least do your act. So yeah, it was nice. That just shows you I've had so many of those kind of incidents we all have through the years that that one doesn't even jump out at me as something that I really specifically remember. Oh, my God. Because we've had so many of those. Here's how much that is seared into my memory. Like, at the end, you counsel me like it's going to be okay because one of the guys like, we'll be back. You're dead. Right. Says something like that on his way out. Now I'm sweating and you're like, just come with me. And like and so the next day I picked you up and we went like you wanted to go record shopping. I'm like, thank you. I'll take you anywhere you want. That's right. And we went all over Princeton. So I took you. So I never forgot you. Never. Oh, man, that's great. So thank you. I remember you were the you're welcome. And I remember you were so enthusiastic and you had a job where they offered you 
to go to London for two weeks, and you said, no, I can't go because I'll miss Ox in the City. I had and it made me that. realize this guy is he's obsessed <laughs> and he's dedicated. <laughs> yeah. They, and funny. They have, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's there been a go. long, that's, long road. All right. Let's go, to this, great. let's go to the second one. I got another way you yep. changed my career, so I'll, we'll do that later. I'm out of time uh -huh. on this one. The second one I want to talk about, the segment is called Name Droppers because – when I you've worked with other than me, of course. I mean, you've worked yes. with some great big acts, and I wanted to drop some of these on Neil. We've all met some great people, and we have some good stories. So we'll all yes. get involved here because I'll pimp Neil sure. for a couple of people he's met over the years. Um, Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin. As I mentioned earlier, uh, the people that I worked with where I started, they were also concert promoters. So they used to have me open for these big names that were coming through all around Florida. And one of them was Aretha Franklin at the Sunrise Musical Theater, 4,000 seater. Wow. Couldn't have gone better. Great crowd. I did about 20 to 25. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just going, well, that's a thrill beyond belief. And, and, uh, and then a couple months go by and, and, these people, the Phantasma Productions, they get a call. They said, hey, they really liked having you as the opener when they came through Fort Lauderdale. She's doing three more shows in Florida. Can you do those three? I mean, can you do? Of course I can, yeah. <laughs> so I ended up working with her for four shows, open for her four times. And on the final show at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, um, 1,200-seater, great theater in Jacksonville, I get to meet her before the show, and I'm thrilled. And I got a couple uh, albums signed, one for my manager's mother, one for me. Oh, wow. Talked to her for a minute. She was very cool. And I'm just thinking, this is great. So then I go out and do my time. Then they tell me her road manager has laryngitis. He can't do the offstage intro. Can you do it? <laughs> and I'm suddenly thinking, man, I got to introduce the queen of soul <laughs> to the crowd, and I better not mess it up because – in comedy, there's an upside and a downside. You, you you can mess up, but there's also an upside. Doing an offstage intro, there is no upside. You can only mess it up. So I suddenly started feeling pressure, and they gave me the little script. Then she comes walking out from behind the wings. She's standing right next to me. <laughs> now I have to give the introduction, and she's right there. And she nodded at me because I would uh, seen her earlier. And I, I can still remember it. Please welcome Arista Recording Artist, uh, uh, Arista Recording Artist, Grammy Award winner, the Queen of Soul, everything, and nailed it. Yeah. And it made my, uh, uh, I still am so happy that I nailed it. Oh, okay. Because I could have flubbed it. Story. No, I oh. could have flubbed it exactly. And I would have been <laughs> horrified for the rest of my life. For a exactly. second there, I thought you were going to say the Queen uh, of the Soul, uh -huh. Arista Record Franklin or something. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that yeah, right. Horrible. Well, but, I was, it would have been. that. That's normally how it goes for me. And that, that's why it, it jumps out that, hey, it went well. What, what is it like? Surprise. She just goes out and murders, right? Murders. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was great. That, that's uh, uh, such a, a, a cool experience. Got to open for Earth, Wind, and Fire at that big theater in uh, Lauderdale. That's crazy, then, too. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like, what's that like? They yeah, don't want to see you, right? But, you know, it's funny because the 
all four Aretha Franklin crowds were tremendous, and the Earth, Wind, and Fire crowd was tremendous. So, yeah, once they adjust, you're good. And I guess I learned that early on when I was getting to open for so many people that you just plow through that opening minute of, what's an opening act doing out here? <laughs> and you eventually win them over with one or two lies, and then they settle in and come around to your uh, way of, uh, you know, they just know, hey, he's only going to be here for a little while. The one that was a disaster was Michael Bolton. <laughs> Why? Disaster. You think you're easy I, listening, you know? Yeah, I know. I know what the problem was. It was a big cavernous. It was like about a 7,500 seater. Jesus. And it was echoey. And they were still coming in. And, and they wanted nothing to do with me. <laughs> and, really? And they started chanting, Michael Bolton. Really? Michael. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Oh, my God. And I... And I I did about 22, 23 minutes, and the tour manager goes, you were supposed to do a half hour. I go, you're lucky I made it through 23. <laughs> Don't, you know. Yeah. But you met so, all the way, and all, along the way, okay, wait, I want to do one more, and then I want to talk about the comedy people. B.B. Yeah. King. Yes, B.B. King opened for him. And then uh, Wait, what's also, that like? Did you meet B.B. Oh, King? Was, oh, met him, talked to him for a while, had some people that I knew in Orlando uh, was able to get them backstage. They got his autograph. He will meet anybody and everybody. Aww. He was the coolest. <laughs> and then a couple months later, he worked two shows at the little place in Florida that was attached to the comedy club. Did two shows there, and I went by and said hello to him again, and you know, yeah. shook his hand. And BB uh, King was great. You have pictures. With you you got to get pictures. There was no pictures. I, you know, back then, I right? kicked myself for not. Oh. Uh, I never even thought of the camera thing back then. You know, it's just stupid. And you have you have <laughs> a, could, you have a weird Timothy Leary thing too, right? Yes, uh, the comedy corner for a while there. They were uh, branching out into um, not just comedy, but if if there were people out there kind of doing spoken word tours, semi comedy. Uh, Colleen McGar, she was the booker. She right. was a very kind of, she was, you know, interested in all kinds of different bookings. And so Timothy Leary was on a tour where he talked about, mostly he was talking about computers. I think it was 1988. And so I was doorman and MC at that time. So I introduced him. But then after the show, and he got up and talked about computers and acid and and they go, well, he, Mr. Leary needs a ride back to the hotel. And I, I was the guy to give him a ride back to the hotel. So I had like a little 10-minute ride to the hotel in my Chevette. <laughs> and, and I mean, if Timothy Leary could have imagined, and I'm, he may have at some point, that he his life had come down to, I'm, I'm working comedy clubs and getting driven around by some guy in a Chevette. That's so funny. And he was, he was very talkative. He just wanted to talk about computers. And, uh, and I remember somebody in the audience, he had a Q&A, somebody in the audience asked him, when was the last, when was the last time you dropped acid? He said, last week. <laughs> he probably but all he wanted to talk about was computers. Probably, he probably thought when you were he was in your Chevette that he was dropping acid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a that was flashback of of, of some kind. Yeah. Oh, um, so that but, was pretty wild. But then when you're moments. in Florida, the Florida scene's so big. Then guys like I remember Steve Schaefer was talking how big the scene was, and then um, um, uh -huh. and then Regan. You know, so you worked with both. You know those guys forever, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve, I didn't work with that. I worked with him on the road, but not in Florida. But uh, although he may have, I think he did come through the Comedy Corner one time. Regan, I saw, I saw Dennis Regan his second time ever on stage. Wow. Along with Todd Berry, second time ever oh, on stage. Wow. Along with Mitch Hedberg, second time ever on stage. Oh, my God. But Brian was had come through this is probably maybe 87 okay maybe even 86 brian came through as a feature <clears throat> and and the headliner was billy elmer and they both blew the roof off but i remember and i remember telling people on the wait staff i'm just working the door watching i said that guy's gonna be huge <laughs> that guy is great wow and and you could tell he had it I mean, his half hour, it was just crushing <laughs> and so original. Yeah. And then uh, worked with him a few times in clubs over the years. And then, as you know, I had a, I had about a 10 year run of, of as one of his openers yeah. in his theater. Did he theater remember tour. you from back in the day? I mean, is that how yeah. you know him? Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think I, he kind of remembered me as the door guy from West Palm because then I would work with him. Maybe he came through the club again as a headliner. Now he knows me as a local comic. Then I work with him at the Atlanta Punchline. By then I'm featuring. He's the headliner. So I always kind of knew him. And and I guess he also knew that Dennis and I were good friends from the local Florida scene. So through the years, he knew me well enough. But then, you know, became friends once I started opening him uh, for him all those years mm-hmm. on the in the big theater tours, That's you know. Awesome. And now we and that, just that saw him on a, trivia. Like we, we, the comics play trivia every couple of weeks during this pandemic. This guy Tony Deo, we've oh. had him on the show, put it together. And oh yeah, Brian was on sure. trivia. Did you put him on there? Like, we, no, I was like, I, what? That's wild. Yeah, I, I was not on that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, when Brian this, tuned in. Oh, okay. Well, Brian was in this. It was unbelievable. My wife goes, Brian Regan is on the on the trivia oh how cool is that we were dying and i think he beat us at the last second neil and i still great yeah i think now when was it was this the the, this last one one? yeah the most recent last one i missed that one yeah i must have missed the email or something we were told earlier that we need to let him win just so you know yeah how cool is that oh so cool i can't even talk when i'm around him he's uh he's such a nice guy and he was really nice he he really is and he's one of the all-time greats yeah he really is he's really fun um, Neil and I, before we end this segment, we've met a bunch of celebrities. Um, Letterman is always the one where Neil's and, and I are in the dressing room and I'm getting ready and like sweating. Yeah. And so the big one was like Dave Grohl was in Letterman was leaving. So for the last one and Dave Grohl was doing like a residency for the week there with the Foo Fighters. Yeah. So they had had it like I'm like, do you like working every day? He's like, no, it's like going and it's like having a real job. I got to be here every day. So he didn't. Yeah. But he loved Dave and Dave loved him. And so, of course, my he took pictures with everybody. You got to see. My sister and my wife, not known uh, either one of them for the, my sister's, my sister's a happy camper. My wife, to get uh-huh. a huge smile out of her is tough. The two of them uh-huh. beaming in these pictures <laughs> like they had seen oh, cool. God. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I wish my wife's wedding photos, she had a, that big a, smile, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's great. My sister yeah. was going to pass out. Like, it was crazy, well, you know. my. It's, it's so strange. People you know are suddenly in the world. They can't believe it. Right, right. And you're the one that got them there. Right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty so, cool. Yeah, you know? I mean, Leslie, That's I meet all these people, but I tell Leslie all the time, yeah. she just ruins it. She ruins celebrity for me. I want to think of these people as like, you know, 
you know, you want to put him up on a pedestal and then yes. she just, oh, like, oh, that guy? Oh, I love that guy. He's a fucking asshole. I'm like, no, 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 uh, no, no. Don't do it. Don't stop don't talking. Do it. So she does this to me every, like, every day. Oh, it's so, so terrible. But I've yeah. got a couple of it. Neil's got a couple where, like, he was talking to Grohl. He was he wanted to get to Nirvana, right? And then somebody fucked you. Go ahead, tell Eric him. Eric McMahon screwed me over. <laughs> you know Eric McMahon, a comic? I think he Eric does, McMahon. Yeah. He's from Jersey. He's a Jersey guy. I don't know. No, that does not ring a bell. Oh, I might know him without realizing. No, they're yeah. all in the dressing room. We were and backstage. Lenny's doing Grohl. his thing. We don't even care about Lenny anymore. We're, we're all excited. We're backstage. <laughs> and, uh, and sure enough, Dave Grohl's right there. And I'm a huge, like, not, I'm really a huge Nirvana fan, but I know Foo Fighters. Yeah. But I have this little piece of information in my head. I, just for some weird reason, I saw this weird YouTube charity thing he had done in London. So I, I go over to Dave Grohl, and they're, they they got they got a cooler outside their dressing room. They're all drinking beers, and I'm drinking a beer, so it's like we're hanging. And <laughs> and so I go, man, I just saw you on this video on YouTube. His eyes light up. He's because I don't think no one's talked to him about this. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. I'm like in my head, I'm just like, I'm so brilliant right now. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and so he's like, he's like, oh yeah, man, thanks for thanks for watching that. And he tells me this great story. So I'm just now I'm just two steps away to getting to Kurt Cobain. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to do. Yeah. Is ask about Nirvana and then yeah. you go from that to uh, Foo Fighters and what he's going to do I'm like one question away and Eric McMahon pops in he's like hey Dave man can we get a picture <laughs> <laughs> that guy shuts down faster than I've ever seen oh. someone shut down he like they like literally close their cooler and they all go into their dressing room and close the door and, uh, <laughs> and it was over he That's literally never funny. talks to anybody again He'll backstage never. he's so upset that that we broke this, like, because he uh, thinks everybody yeah. back there is supposed to be cool, you know? Yeah. And right, Eric, right. Believe me, Eric's done that a couple of oh, times. Oh, that's funny, Luke, man. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> and then, uh, and then happened to Neil again, Kevin. He was at a cocktail party. Dimitri Martin. Do you oh, know yeah. Dimitri? He's a good friend sure. of ours. And it's uh -huh. one of those things. Dimitri and Zach Galifianakis, we started with them. And so yeah. it's really funny that people go, like, the younger comics go, you know that guy? Because Zach will come in and watch me do exactly. a Exactly. At, at right. the cellar, and hey, that was really great. And then people sit him like, "Is Lenny talking to Zach?" I'm like, mm -hmm. "Talking to Zach? I know him when he was an idiot. You know what I mean?" Like, yeah, yeah. Great. So that's so cool. Yeah. So we're at Dimitri Martin. He he made a movie that won the Tribeca Film Festival called Dean, and uh, it was like the you know the best film of the festival. And, uh huh. And uh, so we're at the rap party for that, and Kevin Klein plays his dad in the movie. So Neil is talking to Kevin Klein. And I'm looking in the corner. I look over. I'm like, oh, my God. Neil's talking to Kevin Klein. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like half an yeah. hour, he's talking to Kevin Klein about everything. And then all of a sudden, go ahead, Kevin, no, some chick comes that, over. That was just an accident. Yeah. And I completely understand why he dissed me for that beautiful girl. <laughs> beautiful girl comes uh -huh. over. No, Hi, we were, Kevin. Uh, the end. <laughs> the lesson goodbye. learned is, yeah, get to the good stuff early. But if you get to the good stuff early, <laughs> I'm afraid. Yeah, that's I, you learn. Yeah, I'm afraid they'll yeah. leave you because you're like, what an asshole fan. And so we just well, you were, yeah, you were being patient on the entrance ramp, yeah, with the YouTube, <laughs> Foo Fighters. You're getting to the thing. I'm about to enter the expressway. Yeah, same thing it, with Kevin Klein. I'm talking got, acting, yeah. and I'm I'm we're having an acting conversation about acting class. It's just going great. We're literally, and I'm trying to get the fish called Wanda and Monty Pythons. That's the, that's the end game because I love fish. Yeah, Wanda. sure. But I, I same thing. It, right when I'm almost there, thing. this girl walks over and just like, yeah, he just, I'm gone. And yeah, that was it. he disappeared. Gone. I'm like, boy, that he, I mean, it happened quick. Yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah. it was almost like Kevin was looking for somebody else to talk to, and this chick came over, and Neil was like, yeah. good talking, bye.
Take care. Oh, man. And uh, all right. So why do you think real quick, Tom, what you've met all these people, whatever. Why is celebrity so like like we, we all go gaga over celebrity? What is it? Yeah, I don't know. And I like when I hear people say, oh, they're just people. They're just people. Right. No, I don't I, I don't I've never been one of those. I am always kind of it puts a bounce in my step when I have a an odd encounter with somebody who's famous and I've never quite been able to figure out why are we so enamored with people who are admired by a lot of other people. <laughs> right. It's crazy. I can't quite figure that out. It is. And, uh, you know, Leslie's writing a book called, yeah. uh, you know, and I named this book. I think they're going to go with my title maybe. Like, oh, my uh-huh. God, it's Leslie Jones because I've heard that a thousand that's, times, you know. Yeah, that's a great title. Thanks. All right, let's move oh on. Oh, my God, it's Leslie Jones. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, the third one I want to do today is called uh, – I want to talk about pool. You, I had cool. no idea and nor would I ever pick you out of a lineup of a guy – who can handle a pool stick and like be really, really good? Yeah, how but, good are you? Um, I'm uh, uh, in straight pool, which is uh, that's what they played in the movie, The Hustler. That's, that's where movie. it's that's continuous fourteen. Same, same. I mean, I think it hovers in my top three. Yeah. My so I'm nowhere near the. T- I mean, I'm um amateur level, but my high run is thirty five. Okay, so you can run which, the table, which isn't then. bad. I can run a rack, when you but want not to? always. And when you want to, or I mean, you know, you can do this. N- no, I, I can within a match. Let's say a race to a hundred. Maybe every third week in my league, let's say, I'll run a, a full rack. So I'm I'm okay, I'm good, but not the level that I see down at where I play pool. There are top pros in the world that play down there that's when you watch these people you just go and where is this i don't know how they do amsterdam billiards down uh union oh, square that is a birthday oh, okay. party there was something oh new. shit okay. yeah let me ask you this i had my big um, yeah wait, did you have one yeah. in your house growing up well how did no you... what <clears throat> i i grew up near a pool room and my older brother was in the pool so i kind of used to uh like in junior high i think i would occasionally go by this pool room and couple friends we'd play for an hour you know starting to learn the basics then played a little bit through high school and when you never took it seriously bit, when you say play a little bit are you gambling on pool <laughs> no never gambled Still for me- some reason never got into the gambling aspect of it and then um then there was a pool room in my college and i thought oh that's a it was a fun hangout place between classes so i Got a little better there and kind of got hooked. What college? And then Bexel. basically walked Bexel. away. Bexel. Yeah, walked away from it for then really didn't play much for another 25 years. And then my brother in the meantime had gotten back into leagues. And he told me, I was telling him, I was on the phone one day, walking to the post office. I go, oh, there's that big pool room I was telling you about here in New York, Amsterdam. He goes, you should go in there and see if they have a league. That would be a fun thing to do. So I got back into pool at age 49. Wow. And I finally started learning some of the basic concepts I should have learned back when I was in high school, you know, and I got hooked at age 49 and I'm still hooked. Now, are you walking so, into the are you walking into the place with the, your own pool cue? Um, I, I once I joined the league, I did buy one and now I don't <laughs> have to walk. And not only that, I don't have to walk in with my own pool cue anymore because eventually 
I now rent a locker for my oh, pool cue. So uh, look out! <laughs> I know that's the big time. Wait, wait. And my pool cue is now held hostage in that because they haven't been open in a few months because oh, of the. Uh, that's right. You know, but that's okay. Um, um, Neil was a hostage so yeah, I got in college. Yeah, so you you were you took a different approach. You were into the gambling aspect. <laughs> well, I love the, I love the hustler, and I love my favorite part of the yeah. hustler is I love a, I love to watch that. Uh, he just can't stop, and he just has a complete. He just I love that yeah. meltdown that Paul Newman has. That <laughs> yep. he proved that he was great. He was the greatest, but he really wasn't the greatest because he couldn't fucking stop gambling. <laughs> yeah, and it was just he, so hard to watch. But I love that moment. I love that moment in a person. He, he, it was so perfectly acted. No, I'm going to show him. All right, 10 games, $100 freeze out. I want to show you how this game's played. That's one. That's two. And he just, 10 games in a row. That part, that scene. Yeah, yeah. I, at the yeah. end, when he goes, yeah, at the end, it's just, it's just amazing. He beats the shit out of him. Oh, and that, yeah, exactly. Now, right. Are you. When he goes back. It's such a great movie. Now, do you, do you, have you ever gotten a situation where you've hustled pool or you tried to hustle pool or no? It, it's funny. One time, not anything deceptive. Yeah. But one time in the uh, when I was living on the Upper East Side, it was the night Osama bin Laden got killed. <laughs> okay. Like we got him, yeah. and I was in a, like I'm like I can't believe this just happened, and I'm just sitting in my apartment. I go, I gotta go out and do something. So I went out to a bar, and there was a little table there, and people were playing. Uh -oh. And I started, they go, you feel like playing $5 or playing eight ball? And for some reason that night, I could not miss. And I won eight <laughs> games in a row of eight ball and, um, and uh, cutthroat and won 40 bucks. That's the <laughs> most I've ever won in my life. All and they're right, just yep. looking at me going, who's this guy? And then I bought them drinks. And then I never uh, went back to that place again. Wait, Neil, no. so tell See, him some I, stories. No, about. I had a big problem. I, I was good at pool, but I never got good enough to hustle, meaning I could handle myself under the pressure. And I would, yeah. I couldn't set people up. I could set a normal person up, but I wasn't really good enough against a good person to really just take control, like set them up and just yeah. clean, knowing that I'm going to clean them out and then laugh at the e end. Right. But I thought, right. I, I thought I was, and that was the problem. So I, <laughs> I, and so I really got in a, probably one of my, back in high school and then in college, I got in literally my worst jam where I was, I was better than everybody at this place. This like a pool hall slash bar in in Texas, right. and then I was better than everybody. And then, but I I didn't calculate that it didn't even matter because I was just gonna get killed. And so I, <laughs> even though I kept winning yeah. and winning and winning, then then more and more people started gathering around the table, and these guys were probably uh -huh. down like a thousand dollars, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred, two, you know, and, you, and they're like double down, and then it became Damn. and then it got ridiculous. Like, oh, you're down like four thousand dollars, which, but then it, then it dawned on me that, oh my god, I'm I'm about to really probably die right here because <laughs> yeah, all his friends yeah. gathered around, yeah. and I was like, oh, you don't, it's no big deal, three thousand is no big deal, and they're like, yeah, it is. Like they honored their bet. But wow. I was just like, I just want to live. I was like, I was just joking. Just, no gambling, no money paid here, nothing needed. And they're like, no, yeah. fuck you. And they, they were going to kill me, And I, but I got out. I guess I escaped. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, because I had to let this guy win, and that was my Wait best it. hustling. I I literally had to act like I was winning, and but I had to look, make it look real enough that this guy beat me. So it was really hard. But I, that was one of my proudest moments. That's 
Interesting. Yeah, that's a <laughs> what, whole. Which part? The, the one that you hu- the part that you hustled him, the part you almost you didn't die. The part that I let him win, so I didn't die. And then in college, yeah. the same thing. It kept happening. But then in college, I was with friends, but I was only with like three people. And then I was only playing a couple people. But again, next thing I know, there's like fifty of his friends surrounding our table. But that time oh. was just like the movies. We literally, I just turned to my friend Brent. And another guy, I was just like, okay, I'm going to swing at this guy. I'm going to swing at this <laughs> And I'm going to clear out that path right at the corner of the table. And we're going to run for it. And that kind yeah. of, that, those kind of moments did escalate in the, we hit the guy. And then, because I can't fight, I'm too small. So we hit the guy. And then we ran to the car and they chased us. And so I had a few moments like that. That's but, that's wild. That's insane. Yeah, I never had any of those jams. That that's is. cool I like. <laughs> yeah, that's, he loves that's living on the edge. Go- yeah. Well, that's that's they say. If you want to get good, gamble. <laughs> that's yeah, true. High, higher higher stakes than you can handle, and you will uh, you'll get good fast. I can't play pool at all. I don't see the angle. I didn't have a pool table. Uh-huh. I'm always sweating. I don't care where it is, whatever it is. I'm absolutely convinced I will rip the felt right off the table. <laughs> I absolutely. Uh, yeah. There you all go. Goes through my head. You know why? Because funny. When I, when I was a kid, this kid had a pool table. I went over there, like, literally the first, do you play pool? I don't play pool. I'll teach you how to play pool. I don't really want to do it, right? Right. He goes, this is my dad's new pool table. The first shot, I think I skidded the thing off the, <laughs> the felt. The skidded oh, cue. Man. And this guy was like, are you, what? And so literally since I was like eight, I can't even, I'm going to do it again. Damn. It's going to happen again. But see, we had a pool table. You've been traumatized. Yeah. You grew up with the pool table kind of, right? You were saying, so that's where you learn. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I, I had one. Uh, there was a pool room yeah. around the. Uh, about yeah, a, but well, you, could play. Yeah, you could play there. That's it's so important to play when it's, you're young. When it's the the kid brain figures stuff out. The adult brain that I find that so such a bummer about life. Anybody who's great at pool or guitar yeah. or anything like that. Played as a kid. Oh, I started when I was 13. I started when I was 14. I yeah. started when I was 12. I started. Well, I grew up. Every one of these top pros, most of them, it was like, oh, my uncle owned a pool room. Yeah. Or I grew up with one in my basement. And the kid brain figures out those finer points, whereas you try to learn that stuff as an adult, and it takes 10 times as fast. Kind of a bummer about life that that's how it works. <laughs> no, and it's true. And it gives you like this weird, innate sense of confidence that you know, whereas yeah. if you're an adult and you learn it, you don't know as well. But you know, New York oh. had... Have you ever been, when you were in New York City, they used to have, when I first got here, they used to have Chelsea billiards. They used to have pool halls. like Everywhere. But they yeah. were pool halls. You just go in to play pool. There's no drinking. You maybe brought brown bagged it. Yeah. But there was no alcohol. Right. There was no bouncing no. at the door. And all those places no. are slowly it's, gone. It's date night. Yeah, now. Chelsea. I heard I heard Chelsea. Is, I heard that was a great place. Yeah. But it's, there's like a guy the at Amsterdam that uh, used to play at Ames, which is the pool room. In the Hustler, that was a real pool room, which I never realized that. Oh, wow. And he goes, "Yeah, I used to play at Ames in Times Square." Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember that. I know where the location is. It's on the second floor of a building over, like in uh-huh. Times Square. Yeah, All he right, walks so, in. He goes, "Yeah, who Dude, did that's you, such a great scene." I loved watching it though on TV. It was fascinating to me how that was a thing. Obviously, those movies help, but um, yeah, um, you know, the Color of Money, then you know, right. Hustler, Color of Money, and that even the Jack. Um, Klugman Twilight Zone episode haunts me to this oh, day. Oh yeah, you know because it's it's sort of based on the movie The Hustler, and yeah, and, that's right. And those guys actually in real life were pretty good pool players as well. But they they uh-huh. uh, like Jackie Gleason was known to be a really good pool player, very good player. And 
So who did you like watching? I it was ha- always had, you know, I knew Minnesota Fats forever. I think my father used to call, you know, anybody was skinny Minnesota Fats. And I had no yeah. idea who I was. Then ESPN starts showing Minnesota Fats. I'm like, that's the guy. And it was like WC Fields who could play pool. And then he's going up against Willie Moscone, totally different yep. character. And they yep. would play these matches, and Moscone was better. But I always rooted for Fats because he was so funny. <laughs> he was, he was, uh, yeah, those are, those are on YouTube now. You can watch ah. those. They're the old wide world of sports. And one of them, I believe, uh, uh, Howard Cosell is the moderator. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and the yeah. Minnesota Fats, I believe, was a made-up name in the novel The Hustler, right. which became the movie, obviously. And then this guy went and legally changed his name to Minnesota Fats. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like murky as to how he pulled that off. That's and then name. he pawned himself off he was good enough to pawn himself off as the real minnesota fats but there was something a little um shady in there as to how he pulled that off but it worked he got got him on tv and he and he would antagonize yeah he had that delivery he would antagonize willie Moscone. Hey, look at you playing there you'll never make that shot yeah he was a trash <laughs> talker that's the, he was the modern he yes. was the, the forefront of the trash talk well it's very similar he, he was it's very yeah. similar to comedy clubs a pool hall because it has the same hierarchy like you start uh, off you exactly. new, you don't know anybody and then you make your way you make your way and you play all these guys and then everyone's always like oh that guy like you got to get to that yes guy. all right my last that's, question that's exactly how it is the higher it's the same and that's what i like the parallels were exact that's what got me hooked back in the last question I have for you, do you have one trick shot that's your shot? You know, I um, I don't know. I, I never worked on trick shots. What I'm pretty good at is uh, carom shots, like uh, kind of combos and caroms, like uh, a nice. carom shot. It's hard to explain what it's it bank, is. but a bank shot. I, well, not, it's, it's your, your – Hitting one ball off another ball and and it changes angle and goes in. Wow, off the tangent line as they call it, the That's ninety what, degree angle. I like to call that the scratch because they can guarantee. Yeah, I'm the scratch. Scratch. Uh, yeah. Gonna, all right. and and I'm pretty good at bank shots too. I I, I, I feel pretty confident with bank shots. Neil, I love bank shot? shots. All I care about is where I leave the cue ball so I can shoot the next shot. And but my favorite the, thing, my favorite trick shot yeah. is watching people that don't gamble have to gamble and get uncomfortable. Yeah, that's I me. love that. <laughs> Neil loves yeah. to get me in gambling situations <laughs> where I'm way in over my head. All right. Uh-huh. Let's move on. All, All right. right. The last one I want to do, I want to do a quiz. You're a music guy. Neil will take a quiz on, on anybody. I'm going to put Neil in the soundproof booth. And, okay. Uh, you're going to go to the office? All right. We're going to, we'll put him uh, even not 20 feet away. We'll put him about 50 feet away. So. And here... Here's where my fog comes in. Like I, I am, I consider myself. I mean, who doesn't? Everybody loves music, but. It's and then right. when it comes to like specifics, I'll go blank. It's okay. This is going to on be, everything. This yeah. is going to be uh, ridiculously hard. So. <laughs> so, but we'll see. I'm just going to give you the real name of an artist, and you've heard all these artists' name, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and you just tell me what their their how we know them in the world. What's their yeah. stage name? That's it. You ready? Mm, okay. I, I like it. Stefani, Joanne, Angelina, Germata. Germanata. That's Lady Gaga. That is correct. Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Is that Elton John? Yes, it is. Oh, good. Paul Hewson. Um Paul Stan Paul Stanley? Nope. No, I don't know that one. Okay. David Jones. 
Uh, oh, that David Bowie. Yep. Faroka Volsara. Uh, uh, Freddie Mercury. Yep. Robert Van Winkle. Huh. Robert Van Winkle. <clears throat> I don't, um, I don't know. Okay. Declan Patrick McManus. Elvis Costello. That's right. Um, Brian Warner. Uh, Brian Adams. No. William Rose. Axel Rose. Yep. And Chaim Witz. Chaim Witz. Uh, huh. I don't know that one. All right. So we got one, what, I about two, six? three, four, five. Yep, six out of ten. Pretty Not good. bad. Okay, I'll I'm gonna, take it. Okay, I'm going to give you two points for each one of those, so that's 12. Now I'm going to go through the ones you missed, okay? Yes. And I'm going to give you a, like a song, and then I'll give you another four points if you can just give me, you know, one. Oh, great. One okay. So uh -huh. Paul Houston, you missed Paul Houston. A song his group sings called With or Without You. Oh, uh, you too. Is that Bono? Yep. Okay. How did I miss? Yeah, I should know that. Okay, so that's one. And then the yeah. next one is Robert Van Winkle. Is um, His song, you might have heard it called Ice Ice Baby. Aha! Uh -huh. Vanilla Ice. Yep. Um, Did not know that one. Uh, uh, Brian Warner, uh, he's got a song called The Beautiful People. Oh, well. Uh, okay, what's his name? Uh, Marilyn Manson. Yep. And then the last one is uh, Chaim Witz has a song called Detroit Rock City. Detroit Rock City. Um, God, that's not that's not Iggy Pop, is it? Nope. Okay, so I'm going to give you three. So Detroit for a total Rock of 15 City. points. All right, let's see if Neil can beat it. Neil! All right, we'll see what's up. If it's a tie, right. tiebreaker that we'll do live one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, that's going to be good. You ready, buddy? Uh -huh. All right. This quiz is I'm going to this is a music quiz. I give you the the real name of the artist. You give me the stage name. Okay? Okay. There's two parts to this. I'm going to give you it's only 10 of them. So you get 2 points for each one, okay, that you get. And then I'm going to go around again and give you 1 point if I with I'll only give you 1 point if I have to give you the hint. Okay. How, right. What do I have to get to win? 15 points. Okay. Okay. So he got six out of ten, and then he got he picked up three out of the four points that he didn't get. Okay. Okay. Here we go. St Stefani, Joanne, Angelina, Germanata. Share. No. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for one. Nice job. Red Madonna. Reginald oh, Kenneth. It's Lady Gaga. You get. I knew it was something. All right. Um, okay. So let, uh, you get no points. No. Did you get that? I'll give you the hints at the end. Reginald. Yeah, he got it. Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Shit. Uh, I don't know. I'll come back to it. Paul Hewson. Wow, I might not get any. Yeah, this is going to be fun. What is this one? Paul Hewson. Uh, Paul Anka? No. David Jones. Uh, David Jones is uh, the guy from the monkeys, that guy? That's David Jones. <laughs> David Jones. David Jones. David Jones. That's a boring name, so he's got to go something interesting. No, nothing. Faruka Bolsara. 
Oh yeah, that's the guy from uh, Queen. His name was. <laughs> I can't think. Come of on, man. Queen. Seriously. No, I know it. Just pass. I can't. What? Think right now. I'm too upset about missing all the other ones. All right, Robert Van Winkle. Freddie Mercury. Oh, okay, so you got that one. What is it? Robert Van Winkle. Oh, I know this one. Robert Van Winkle is a uh, shit. Tony Bennett. Oh come on. <laughs> 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 the Tony Bennett's one. like Tony Benedito. It's like so, um, how about Declan Patrick McManus? I just, I'm not gonna get it. I got Declan, one Freddie Mercury. Declan Patrick McManus. Oh, John Bon Jovi. No. Nope. <laughs> Brian Warner. Wow, that's a tough one. That's the toughest one. I Brian Warner. I don't know. All right, William Rose. Congratulations on the victory, <laughs> <laughs> William Rose. Uh, yeah. Axel Rose? Yeah, oh. there you go. And Chaim Witz. Oh, nice geez. Jewish boy. Uh, Paul Anka? <laughs> Paul Anka. <laughs> You're the worst. All right, so I'm going to give you, I'll go back through it. I'm going to give you right. one point for I'm sorry. Let me right. apologize to my parents. Reginald Kenneth Dwight, here's the <laughs> hint The bitch is back. I still don't, that still what? doesn't get me anywhere. The bitch is the back. The bitch, the bitch. Twisted the bitch sister? Is back. No, Elton John. Oh, God, shit. And no points for that one. That's the Elton John you, song you give me. The bitches. Back? Yeah, I want to make it hard. Why don't you just give me Rocket Man? I could. <laughs> yeah, I want to make it hard. The bitches back. All right, Paul Houston is with or without you. Bono. Yes, his real name is Paul Houston. How do I not know that? I've been I listening. Don't to I said the exact same thing. Jeez, I've been listening to the YouTube <laughs> channel on uh, yeah. X for the like series huh. on last month. All right. Uh, David Jones, you didn't know. Space Oddity. David Bowie? Yes. All right. Veruca Balsari, you got is Freddie Mercury. Wait, oh, what you're telling me is the reason I haven't made it is because I haven't changed my name. That's right. Robert <laughs> Van Winkle. I got Freddie Mercury. No, no. That's that. Rob- oh, Robert Van Winkle. I know that's Ice, Ice, uh, Ice, Babe, Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice. Yeah, okay. I, I should have got that. He's from Dallas. Yeah. Declan. Patrick McManus, um, Allison. Oh, uh, what is Allison. it? I don't know. I know that oh song, God. but what is it? That's uh, Elvis Costello. Oh, shit. Yeah, that would, I wouldn't have got that. I was yeah. thinking about something else. Brian Warner. Yeah, that's a tough one, right? The beautiful people. The beautiful people. I wouldn't have got that either. I know that song, but I don't know who that is. That's Marilyn Manson. Oh, shit. Did you get that? Uh, did I get that? He uh, got it. Yeah. I got the hint part. Okay. He got the hint part. So he, so William Rose, you got Axel Rose yep. and Chaim Witz. It's he's good. Israeli by trade. Nobody knows if he's Israeli. Give me a hint. Hit me with the song. Detroit Rock City. Ted Nugent? No. <laughs> what? I was joking. I was joking. Uh, I don't know. It's Gene Simmons from Kiss. Oh, I know that. Ah. I know that. I Neil got that. a total of seven. Our winner today oh, that's an embarrassment is to Tom parents. Ryan. Hey, was, Tom. Neil was hustling me. The yeah, way we, I wish it was the case. The way we yeah. end the show is one good thing or one bad thing of the week. Tom, you can come. You can give me a good thing that happened to you, a bad thing that happened to you, or both. It doesn't matter. My um, good thing that's happening this week is baseball is actually going to start a season tomorrow. Everybody's out of town. This is kind of the bad thing that uh, Birdie and Gina are away, but I'm getting ready to go to L.A., we think. uh, We'll see. I just had my COVID test. Hopefully the next (laughs) – 
if oh. I can get on the plane, we'll see if I pass the test. So, but baseball yeah. starts and I'll be alone. I'm going to get myself two sweet slices of pizza and watch a baseball game. And I cannot wait. Neil, you got one good thing or one bad thing of the week? I got a good thing uh, and a bad thing. Uh, it's kind of a combo bad thing. But I was walking here and I was enjoying nature, watching the birds fly <laughs> around. And they seem so happy. Meanwhile, I got a mask on. I can't breathe. And then I'm thinking, is the air in contam- is the air contaminated in New York City? I feel like <laughs> I can't breathe in the air. So now I'm having like a panic attack. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not enjoying New York. I'm, this is I'm, the safest place I'm now. I'm literally dying. And yeah. my only thought, I don't think that. I feel like the air is contaminated. We're going to L.A.? You I, think the air is contaminated? I just feel like I can't breathe air. So now I'm like, you know what? I always looked at the Matrix like as a, as a thing like that was a bad thing. But now I'm like, I don't put me in one of those little tubes and connect the wires. <laughs> And I'm ready just to call today. And he's just, cracking, everybody. <laughs> just he's give cracking. me a matrix. Give me a good one. Don't give me like a poor matrix thing. Give me like an exciting <coughs> matrix, and I'm good to go. I don't want to leave my apartment is what I'm saying oh, ever God. again. <laughs> Tom, yeah. one good thing, one bad thing. He's lost one, his mind. One good thing. Uh, you know, you get, you're on Sirius Radio. Yes. They pay their royalties today. Tomorrow. This is, is it today or tomorrow? At, well, I, I sign in on my account. I know it, that they they notify you at Wednesday at five in the afternoon. Oh, okay. So if you have an account, you can sign in. So I love that. I, that that excites me every month because you don't know what your number is going to be, and just to get something, it's like yeah, you know. Oh so my that's god, good. you didn't pimp, you didn't pimp me for this, and that is my second thing. You've changed my life twice, and this is the second thing. I remember you tell you would come uh, back from the road. And I'd see uh-huh. you every now and then. I saw you, in, you know, when you after we met all those years, and then you'd come back. Yes. It's not, it would for you. It's like ebbs and flows. You would tell me the career goes up, goes down, goes up, goes up down. and down. I'd see you. You'd be like cruise ships or whatever it was. Like I was on the road, and then you got the job with Reagan, and so that yeah. was good for a while. And then that went down. You're like, I don't know if I'll be able to pay my rent. And then all of a sudden, you're like, I did this thing where I gave some old bits to Sirius Radio, and they play them, and it's changed my my whole life. And I'm like. Okay, yeah. so you you should look into it, Lenny. I look into it on and on. This was the impetus to me doing this, and you are absolutely right. And especially during this pandemic, I oh. cannot thank you enough for putting this oh, in absolutely. my head. So you did this to me twice at the Princeton Couch, give me advice, ah, and then great. this give me advice. You don't even know, but I can't thank you that's, enough for this. Uh, I'm I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, they are a they are a godsend. Yeah, and serious. So, so thank you, serious. Exam, serious. Sound exchange. The, Absolutely. As long as serious stays in business, uh, I can make it through. Can this I pandemic. tell you what I heard? Yeah. When I, Same. Yeah. Can I tell you what I heard when you told that story? Uh oh. Yes. I heard. I want to see you on Wednesday night at the pool hall because you just, <laughs> you just got your check. A big yeah. check for series. He's floating a lot of cash. That's that went off in my head. That's, I like it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Wednesday Here's and Thursday thing. night. If you the two things most dear to me in life, pool rooms and comedy clubs, are the two things that are probably going to be, uh, like, I think they're in phase nine yeah, exactly. opening. You know what I mean? Uh, the I the two things I do uh, are taken away. I know. It's I so haven't sad. picked up a stick in four months, haven't been on stage in four months. It's crazy. Yeah, a bad thing the week, just the week, everything, you know, just, <laughs> I can't think of anything specifically we'll, bad. We'll get out of it. Hopefully we'll all get out of it. 
Yes. Know, before we all crack, you could tell Neil's already cracking. Thinks the air in New York yeah. is bad. Wait till we go to L.A. Ooh. I'm scared out of my mind. Anyway, Tom that's Ryan, wild. thank you for doing this. You're at www.comedypro.com. You can look at all. His, that's what comes up with Tom Ryan. I didn't see oh, your okay, specific yeah. website. Um, but no, I, my, my website crashed, so I'm TomRyan.com, but I'll get it up and running again at some point. All right. Uh, you I'm me- out there on YouTube, yeah. All right. And then Twitter is at, comedy, t- comedi- at Comedian at- Tom Ryan. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Tom yeah. will... Well, this was fun, Lenny and Neil. Back. Thank you. So Tom will be playing yeah. on Zoom trivia with us. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's where he's performing. That's right. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I like it. Again, thank you so much for doing this, Tom. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank hey, have fun in LA. All right, thanks. Good trip. Okay. All right, see ya. Bye. Bye. Four Corners Podcast was created, hosted, produced, and engineered by me, Lenny Marcus, executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>